Kate Middleton, the Duchess of whatever, <laughs> how much money did she spend on clothes since 2012? Wow. Hey, fellas, how many stamps do you have? This is totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we scoured the internet this week with our staff to find out this totally useless information just for you. Plus, we'll tell you what's going on in the Nick and Roy store. We'll answer your email questions. And in the news, little did they know it was still on. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. 69 countries around the world, coast to coast to coast in Canada on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Now, in that intro, she says, move it. And I asked her because we, we uh, talked to the, uh, the voice lady every once in a while. What did you mean by move it? And she didn't answer the question. She just said, move it. And I moved on. So, all right, sure. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Now, I don't know as a kid if you ever played stickball. Did you ever play stickball? I certainly did. Now, Stickball is very much like a, it's like a similar game to baseball, and it was a pickup game played especially in New York City and Philadelphia. So I don't know how many jurisdictions this game was played, but the iconic game that you saw uh, kids play, the black and white photos of this was in, in the Bronx specifically, which where Roy and I grew up. A broom handle was used and a bouncy rubber ball or tennis ball was used. And the rules were very much like baseball, where it was modified to fit the situation. For example, the manhole cover was used as home base and the right. buildings were the foul lines. And it wasn't a tennis ball. It was a pink spalding ball. Which was probably, uh, is this true? Is it the inside of a tennis ball or is it the inside of a... Yes, it's the inside of a tennis ball. Exactly. So so without the fuzz, basically like me, I don't have fuzz in my head anymore, just like me, without the fuzz. Mm -hmm. So the rules are like baseball, like we said, and the game uh, had a variation of it with stick and ball games dating back to at least the 1750s. But the game was widely popular among youths during the 20th century until the 1980s. Yeah, there's other games played with sticks. But we'll be talking about that later on in the show. That's right, because we bring sex back to the table, so to speak, by popular demand. Oh, yeah. Okay, on February 7th, 2021, Mm -hmm. a man named Christopher Spell, S-P-E-L-L, jumped roughly 5.5 feet from a standing position. That's about 170 meters to you Canuckies. Yes. Okay, so... 5.5 5.5 feet, he jumped from a standing position. That's pretty far. Yeah. He set the world record. But Mario from Super Mario's, a scientist decided to figure out if we were Mario, if we had the prowesses of jumping that Mario had, yeah. how far would we be able to jump? That's a great and question. And the answer he came up with yeah. was 25 feet high. Wow. <laughs> That's like two and a half stories or two stories. Wow. So basically, you'd have to jump over all of those barrels, right? Wasn't it the, the monkey would throw the barrels and Mario's way from the jump over? Was that the game? 
Do you know I've never played Super Mario? Really? Okay. Nope. If you have, right. send us an email at nickandroy.com. Click on contact <laughs> us. Now, if you uh, can jump 25 feet, definitely send us an email. We want you on the show. And we want <laughs> and we want proof. Okay, we want proof that you can jump 25 feet. Now, Words with Friends is a game that's an online game which is very similar to Scrabble. Georgie Flitcher loved to play the mobile game Words with Friends. It may have saved her husband's life. So she, they live in Australia, and in the game's chat area, Georgie mentioned to her opponent, Beth, that her husband, Simon, wasn't feeling well. Now, Beth's husband happened to be a doctor, and when she mentioned Georgie's husband, Simon's symptoms, the doctor insisted that Simon go to the hospital. All because uh, she, she wrote in the chat, my husband's not feeling well, and, and Beth, her opponent... Is this a new game called Diagnosis with Friends? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, check this out. It turned out to be some great advice because Simon's doctors discovered a 99% blockage near his heart, which, if it was left untreated, would have certainly been fatal. Ooh, yeah. spelled F-A-T-A. No, no, no. Well, ironically, the word that Georgie played was lucky, which is worth 16 points with words with friends, by the way. <laughs> Could you imagine that, though? She just like said, oh, by the way, my husband's not feeling well. And she happened to, you know, the, her opponent told her husband, and he said, go to the hospital right away. It saved his life. See, video games, mobile games can save your life. Yes, yes, if you pay attention to them. Yes. Now, this is a good one. See, I was reading about Nintendo, and that's how Super Mario came up, and, and, and basically. Right. But Nintendo, this shocked me. We know the company Nintendo as a futuristic game and technology company, right? That's right. How old do you think Nintendo is as a company, Nick? They're a Japanese company. Uh, when do you think they were founded? 55 years ago. No. They were founded probably the year that you were born. September 23rd, 1889. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know. I'm older than you. <laughs> oh, you remembered this time. That's good. Good for you. Oh, yes. Good for you. Okay, so 1889, the Nintendo Corporation was founded. Wow. They produced Japanese playing cards. So they were always in the game business. And then in the 1960s, they got their big break by making playing cards for Disney. So they started to really produce a lot. And then when I thought about this, I can remember it. Do you remember the home bowling game that you yes. would get? You set up the plastic pins at Nintendo. That's what made them famous, the home bowling game. Wow. And then, of course, in the seven, late 70s, they acquire um, ColecoVision. They start to sell that particular system, and the rest is history. Nintendo becomes Nintendo Games, and you know, but but they've been around since September twenty third, eighteen eighty nine. That's amazing! Wow. Okay. Cool. Wow. Uh, I would never have guessed that. Now, um, the popular game Pac Man, mm -hmm. according to Toru Iwatani, the creator of Pac Man. You know, Toru. Toru, mm -hmm. it was 20. He wanted to create a game that will attract women to play it 
And the reason why he chose Pac-Man as always eating something was because, now this is the inventor of Pac-Man. This We will put, make this disclaimer. This has nothing to do with the, the uh, views and, and uh, beliefs of uh, Nick and Roy on totally useless information with Nick and Roy. According to the inventor of Pac-Man, I'll mention his name again for the affidavits and lawyers, Toru Iwatwani. He chose mm -hmm. Pac-Man always eating something because he thought women were always eating something. Oh, my okay? God. Okay? So he's the one. He is the sick, uh, sexist bastard That's right. who came up and with Pac-Man. his brother, Guru, is even more crazy. <laughs> Toru and, and Guru. Guru. That's right. So there you go. Okay, get ready for this one. The original Super Mario Brothers mm -hmm. had 30 two levels when it was released in 1985. Now, games now have hundreds and hundreds of levels, but that had 32 levels. That was considered in 1985 to be so sophisticated, but technically a lot of people beat the original Super Mario Brothers very quickly because it only had 32 levels. Right. But having said that, the best-selling game of all times, what do you think it is, Nick? Pong? Wii Sport. Oh. Because, number one, it was given away with the Wii game, but Nintendo sold it separately as well. It sold 82.9 million copies. Oh, wow. That's wild, right? All I have to say is, holy jumping. <laughs> Wii Sport. Yes, Wii Sport. That's, that's when I go to the bathroom. We sport, yes. We we sport. We we sport. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, also the pee pee sport. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> we we are Nick and Roy. You you are listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Thank you for joining us. As we mentioned, sixty nine countries. We have lots of exciting stuff on our website. We'll we'll tell you about that a little bit more. But you know, we need to keep going with totally useless information. Welcome to the totally useless information fashion show. So um, we are doing a fashion statement because Roy and I know nothing about fashion. So uh, we just Speak talk. Speak for yourself, Nick. I just did. Uh, okay. I'm rather dapper. <laughs> dapper, dapper Roy. <laughs> now, uh, have you ever, um, do you have cargo pants in your, uh, in your wardrobe? Cargo Won't pants. Won't wear them, Nick. Totally against them. Why? Don't like the pockets. Well, that's the reason why they were invented. I'm not a big cargo fan, uh, cargo pants fan. I love cargo pants. I like pants. my pants. I like. I, I hate to say this, but I've been getting used to these skinny type jeans, mm -hmm. these skinny pants. Right. Okay. They're very nice. And the women love it <laughs> as they're playing Pac-Man. So you know, this is fashion, folks. So I'm allowed to speak like. This. That's right. Exactly. The only reason why. Now, the so-called paratrooper pants were built around a simple equation: more pocket space meant more stuff could be carried. I love pockets. Like if I'm if I'm buying a shirt, I have to have a pocket. Not because no, it's not because I don't need it for I don't need it for my pocket protector. So don't go there. But remember I remember the movie Easy Money with Rodney Dangerfield? <laughs> yeah. Pants need to have big pockets. <laughs> you can put your stuff in them. <laughs> well the pocket space meant a lot, so hence the cargo pant nickname. After World War II, the paratroopers dual pocket cargo pants became standard issue for almost all branches of the US military simply because of all the stuff they can put in to those cargo pants pockets. 
Ah. One other thing, though. So not only can you get cargo pants, but you can get cargo shorts. Yes. And, yes. And where you live in Florida, you you know, you need to sport around some sports. But, I will not wear cargo shorts either. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I wear. Very wore. against that side pocket, that low side pocket. It, I'm very against that. Well, you know what it's good for? Okay. In the wintertime, okay, when I'd wear the cargo pants, when you put mm-hmm. your seatbelt on and you need to reach into your pocket for some keys, it goes below the uh, the seatbelt so you can grab the keys or your wallet or whatever. They come mm-hmm. in really handy. Now, I used to wear um, what I call convertible cargo pants. So these were long cargo pants with a zipper right at where it would become a short. So I would unzip the zipper, and they became instant cargo shorts. I used to wear pull-off pants. <laughs> Those were when I was in my dating stage. Yeah, except you were not Sped things up. Yeah. You know, it got to the point rather quickly. You just one big pull, and whoop, they come right yeah. off. Except you, know? you weren't. The, the, your pants were in the ones you were pulling off. that's the difference all right ready for this one yes french monarchs you know the french i know the french no no no. you know the french nick yeah okay french monarchs are pictured with big fluffy wigs right yes fluffy wasn't really important although fluffy looked good i guess but it wasn't important what was important was the height The height of it was important because the taller you appeared, the larger you appeared, the more that you were said to be wealthy and important. And of course, because men were five, three, four, whatever at that time, the taller wigs gave them a much taller appearance. And so they looked more important. Plus, at the time, baldness was considered weakness. Oh. I said at the time, Nick. Okay, fine. It still is, but I want you to feel better. (laughs) (laughs) So they wore these big fluffy wigs to show how important they were. Right, and that they were strong because they had a lot of hair, really tall, tall person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it gave them a a bigger appearance. (laughs) So uh, another one of my uh, fashion accessories that I sport every once in a while, he said, uh, how about suspenders? Have you ever worn suspenders? I'm against them, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) They hold my cargo shorts up too tall. (laughs) (laughs) You can see the crack of your... Keep them up too high, you know? I don't like that, Nick. So suspenders, in the 18th century, when men wore strips of fabric simply attached to the buttons sewn to their trousers... So at the time, it was very popular and stylish accessories still considered to be underwear and should not be visible at any cost during the mm-hmm. 18th century. So in the 1820s, British designer Alberto Thurston created suspenders as we know today. The gentlemen mm-hmm. of this time didn't have many choices. Fashion invented high-waist pants, so they used tapes so the sorry, the tapes that they used were no longer enough. So suspenders became a necessity for every man because Albert Thurston's name has become synonymous with suspenders. They started using other fabrics and then eventually elastics. Suspenders. You know, back in the eighties I had I went to this what I call dead man clothes. It was one of those stores where people would bring old clothes to. Yeah. And I found this pair of pants. They were high waisted pants. They were Baggy peg leg high waisted pants. I thought they were the coolest thing. Yeah. So, and at the time, everybody was trying to look like punk rock and stuff like that. So, 
And these pants had built-in suspender buttons to hold the pants up. There you go. So God only knows how old they were. You probably know, Nick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I wore a string to keep my pants up every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. because God knows. And, and then God invented Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he needed to rest on the seventh day. Look Somebody needed to talk to Adam. <laughs> You know, if Don't Adam, eat the apple, buddy. Listen, if if Adam were Canadian, he'd be wearing a Canadian maple leaf, not a fig leaf. Okay. Ah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, right. Kate Middleton. This was my tease. Yes. The Duchess of what is she? The Duchess of York. I don't know. Let you, let me go check it out while you talk. Getting about a little the, heavy. She looks like the Duchess of Fork. <laughs> or uh, the Duchess of Duchies. <laughs> Best of Duchies. Piss the Duchess. <laughs> <laughs> she's been around, I tell you. No, Kate Middleton, the Duchess of whatever she is. Actually, no, let me correct you. She's the Duch well, she's the Duchess of Cambridge, mm -hmm. but she's Catherine, Princess of Wales. Oh, she's the Princess of Wales. I told you she was getting a little large. <laughs> <laughs> W-A-L-E-S. No, nah, she's a pretty woman. I she like is. her. She is. She's better than that other one. Yeah. What's her name? Meghan Markle. Oh, my God. Don't even say it. I'd like to put a pair of cargo pants over her head. Hey. Okay. So Kate Middleton, being the Duchess of whatever, yes. <laughs> and the Princess of Wales, she recorded that she spent $54,000 on fashion since 2012. Yeah, right. Kate, those Louboutin red bottom shoes you're wearing are about a grand a pair. Ooh. Okay. She's a liar. <laughs> okay, and she probably did that to seem more common, I guess, with the commoners. But honestly, she wears like these thousand dollar Louboutin shoes and stuff like that. But she should. I mean, she's the princess of something, right? She's the princess of lying. Yeah, <laughs> she's the Apparently. princess of tales. Princess of tales. <laughs> Not the princess of Wales, the princess of tales. You know, Nick, every once in a while I come out with a good one. <laughs> yes. And let us know when that starts. Okay, so the <laughs> next one is a blazer. Now, not the one that used to drive in the 80s. Roy had this green blazer that we... Oh, boy. So uh, I will tell you all about our newsletter but in just a moment, but maybe this will be one of the stories in the newsletter. But anyhow, the blazer, the, the jacket, the term blazer originated from the red blazers of the Lady Margaret Boat Club from 1825, the rowing wow. club of St. John's College in Cambridge. The Lady mm -hmm. Margaret club jackets were termed blazers because of the bright red cloth. Ah, they were the, blazing red. And the term survived the original red coat. Now, the original blazer was used as a warming up jacket. The hoodies of their mm -hmm. time, it was worn at Oxford and Cambridge by oarsmen. Also known yeah, as, I take a few of those on dates as well, right. you know. That's right. Uh, you wouldn't want to be chilly, you know. No, you don't want to show your face. <laughs> um, so anyway, these rowers, these sportsmen began to use the hoodies as at social gatherings as well. So the blazer and the hoodie became uh, more popular as uh, as these rowers, as they put it. The sportsmen became, they started wearing them. Are they called rowers? No, they're called, uh, what is that sport? What, it's called. Well, they're oarsmen, right? So it's the... Yeah, I think they're oarsmen. Yeah. Yeah, oarsmen. Oarsmen, oarswomen. We think perfume and cologne. What do you think, Nick? When you, you hear the word perfume and cologne, what do you think of? French? France? French? Of course! Yes. Because the 
French are fakers. Oh. They steal everything. Oh, no. French fries, Belgium. Right. Right? French bread? Who even knows? But I don't trust them. They're lying like Kate Middleton. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a tease. How about French kissing? Ah, but that, that's for sex? That's coming up in the sex segment. I'm good at that. I, I was very good at that. I used to teach it to girls all the time. Okay, listen. The only so, French, excuse me, think, that's the only French thing you like, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> I like French girls, too. They're very nice. Yes. <laughs> oui, oui. Say it la magnifique. Okay. All right. Well, when you think of perfume and cologne, of course, you think French, right? right. French perfume. Right. Well, guess what? What? You know who invented it? The ancient Egyptians. And it wasn't originally invented for smelling good, although that becomes what it what it turns into. It was originally invented for religious rituals and burials. Oh. Because the body would stink. They'd keep it out for a while, you know, let everybody come by and see what was going on. And in order to curb the smell, they would put these nice smelling things. Right. Well, these oils began to be used by some of the more wealthy kings and so on of the time because they said, why wouldn't I smell good? And so that's how perfume and cologne starts. Uh-huh. So they they try to mask the body odors and whatnot from these perfumes. Oh, yeah. The old stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> What a segue. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Uh, as we mentioned, you go to the Nick and Roy store and you can find all kinds of great stuff there, including ordering a one-year supply of the Totally Useless Information VIP newsletter. Now, this That newsletter is awesome. This is not just like some, you know, nonsense thing. This is literally reading material. Plus, Nick and I put a very personal story mm -hmm. every month. We put into that newsletter something that happened to us or about us that, that we don't really discuss on the show. Plus, there's other all kinds of interesting information and you guys uh, out there who, who send us letters and so on. And we discuss things like that. 1995 is all it costs for one full year, 12 issues of the VIP newsletter. You can also order birthday messages or anniversary messages. These are special messages that we record for your special guest of honor. And here's the cool thing. When you order a birthday or anniversary message, you will get as our gift 12 issues of the useless information newsletter. So not only are you sending someone a unique gift with birthday or anniversary messages, you're also going to we're also going to provide you with the newsletter for yourself and your guest of honor as well. So, so Nick and I, yes. Nick and I, being that we're famous in 69 countries around the world, mm -hmm. you know, we don't like to tell people how famous we are, but no. we are famous. Right. So what we want no, but what what happens is a lot of times you get these messages from people, certain celebrities. And they say, happy birthday, hi, how you doing? That's it. Yeah. That's the message. And Nick and I did not want to do that. No. What we do is a personalized show for that special person, a birthday, an anniversary, and so on. You can go on to nickandroy.com, go on to the Nick and Roy store, and you can listen to a sample. They're literally mini shows about the person's, the date, the date that you were married, the date of your birthday, and then we go into a whole thing. They're fun, they're funny, they're informative, and it's the greatest gift you will ever give 
anyone. And that's not coming from us. That's coming from you guys who send us emails all the time about it. The last one that we did, they said they didn't know that this existed and what took them so long. So thank you very much. They also said they didn't know that um, a crack also didn't exist. So I don't know how good of an email that was. That's right. So go to nickandroy.com, Nick and Roy store. That's nickandroy.com. Oh, yeah. All about sex. So hang on. on. Hold your horses. Just hang on there. That's a little bit of foreplay because uh, we have to let everybody know that in case we lose, in case we go out of bounds. The following segment of the Totally Useless Information podcast Mm -hmm. may be too sultry and too sexy. For some listeners. Yeah. For the rest of you, we don't care. I'm done. (laughs) Boy, smoking a cigarette as we speak. (laughs) I got two in my mouth right now. Okay. Cigarettes? A man will produce about 30 million to 750 million, depending upon his virility. Okay. Of sperm per ejaculation. And I say those words because I like to. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, when it comes to ejaculation, though, the pig, he has it. A swine will ejaculate up to 8 billion sperm. Oh. 8 billion in one ejaculation. You talk about bringing home the bacon? <laughs> <laughs> What a, and did you notice that when it comes to ejaculation? <laughs> what a pig! You know, maybe that's why. That's why you know women who uh, don't really particularly care for the gentleman that they're with or whatever would say, "You're such a pig. You're such a swine." Mm-hmm. You better be eight billion as opposed to us. The top amount is seven hundred fifty million. That's a big difference. It is, and I just don't want to know how they count it. <laughs> here's here's my teaser so doctors have tested for nocturnal erections for many many years now this is when you get you know they and a, a, uh, they use me as a study <laughs> that's right they need to study you <laughs> so one of the methods that they use i said come on in the tent and we'll talk about that's it. right exactly <laughs> So these nocturnal erections for many years, uh, the doctors have tested them. Now, this is one of the methods. They wrapped, now this is, I have to understand that this happened, uh, this was during a time when uh, postage stamps were in a roll and they were perforated between each stamp. They would wrap Oh, a, I thought you meant they wrapped. I was no, going to say, well, they would do like a hip, hop, a hippie, a hippie. <laughs> that's right. All right, roll of stamps around so, the old. So they would wrap a roll of posted stamps around the patient's penis, the subject's penis. This study was done when the stamps came in rolls, and like I said, the stamps are perforated between each one. If an erection occurred at night, the doctors would theoretically be able to tell because the, <laughs> the penis would bust through the perforations that connected the stamps. If the perforations remained intact when they woke up, that meant that the man did not get an erection. I don't want to say that I'm a rather large guy, but I attempted to do that. I used the stamps, I placed them around, and then my wife mailed me to Europe. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? After all that, there was still postage due. (laughs) She mailed me to Europe. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> now, of course, you know what? Now, of course, you don't have to lick the stamps. But anyway, you were going. You were saying. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I always preferred it after they were on, but you know. <laughs> are you hot? Okay, sperm. I, are you Let's hot talk in here? about sperm. Are you hot in here or is it just me? <laughs> Let me tell you, it's just you. No, okay, so sperm. We'll talk about sperm. Sperm can stay viable in the reproductive tract for up to five days. Wow. Now, just think about that. You know how people go, I, I know exactly the day that she became pregnant. Right. Well, that may be a lie because it could stay viable for up to five days. It's very rare, though. But it is not rare to be to for the sperm to fertilize an egg for two days after. So let's say you had sex on a Monday. Uh-huh. She might get pregnant on a Wednesday or maybe possibly a Thursday. So they're still swimming around. And this is what I keep telling my wife. I'm I'm performing for days at a time. That's right. And he's got the stamp. One sex act's good for the week. <laughs> yes, for the week, W-E-A-K. <laughs> and he's got the stamps to prove it. you put it. your wig back on? <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the stamps to prove it. Um, <laughs> so um, it stopped before it even started is what I call this one. Researchers, now this is hard to believe, okay? This is totally useless information with Nick and Roy. I'm Nick, he's Roy. Now, you may not be able to believe this, but researchers could not find anybody who didn't watch porn for a study. Okay? What? Porn use is so prevalent that it prevented a University of Montreal study from ever starting. Nick, do you watch porn? No, I don't. I (laughs) I per- we found somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I perform in them. I'm watching it right now. On the other <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> so the researchers wanted to examine men who never watched pornography, but they had to stop the study because finding participants was impossible. So everyone told the truth, right? That's what they're saying. We started a quote. Except for you, Nick. <laughs> Allegedly. You, Nick. Eunuch. That's right. <laughs> you like that one? Eunuch. <laughs> so according to the one of the side, one of the reporters, so according to one of the researchers, we started our research asking men in their 20s who never consumed pornography. We couldn't find any. So before the, the research even started, they had to stop it. You know, I tend to not like to watch porn alone. So oh. I really prefer to watch it with my cat. No, no, no. <laughs> A study was done in my house. No, this study was done with women with breasts. They were attached, these women, I tell you, they were attached to a brain imaging machine. And yes, get ready, the nipples are not only as stimulating as the clitoris, Mm -hmm. but they stimulate the brain in the exact same spot. Now, in my case, it's in my genes. No, 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 listen to me. I was involved in this study. Somebody had to arouse the nipples in order to figure out whether or not the brain was stimulated. Right. That's where I came in. Right. So what did you do, show them a roll of stamps? Nope. I found a new way to use clothespins. <laughs> Do they even exist anymore? Clothespins. I don't know. Does anybody use that anymore? My grandmother used to have a whole bag of them. She'd use them. Not for nipples. No, I was going to say, well, she always did. (laughs) Thankfully, she did laundry. 
Um, okay, so everyone, this is whole big crazy. Everyone's going to space. You know, mm-hmm. the, the people want to go to Mars. <laughs> You've got a lot of it in between those two headphones. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, so if you hear an echo, that's exactly what's going on. So <laughs> this question came up, and it's quite a query. Could you have sex in zero gravity? Hey. Now, the idea has yet to be tested as far as anybody knows. Now, that's really a mile high club, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Sex is very difficult in zero gravity. Well, in some cases, sex is very difficult in 100% gravity. Now, Nick, I hate to stop you and interrupt you 35 times a show. Yes. But (laughs) listen, remember we had the guest on who was in the down um, underwater. That's right. And he was talking about, and we'll have the separate interview on our uh, nickandroy.com. That's right. But he was talking about having sex underwater, the pressure. Right. So is it the same thing like that? Well, he has gravity there, but he was talking about pressure. With zero gravity, Yeah. it's very difficult because there's no traction. So ah. you keep bumping into against the walls, really. Now, according mm-hmm. to biologist Athena, her name is Athena. Of course it is. Andriatis of the University of Massachusetts Medical School, think about it. If you don't have friction, you have no resistance. Now, Roy and I know a lot about resistance because of all the girls who resisted our our calls for dating in high school. Yeah, that's right. And Nick knows an awful lot about friction. So all you have to do is go to nickandroy.com, as we mentioned. Go to the website, check out the... Now, now there's no friction in space. Right. No, there isn't. So, But you're... Uh, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But they have yet to try this out. So maybe when they uh, finally... You want to think maybe me and you should volunteer for this and possibly Heidi Klum can fly up with me and you take your picnic, I tell you the you truth. You know what? I'll tell you, you right now. You can have a picnic as well, but <laughs> picnic, you'd much yeah. rather have sex, I think. <laughs> right. Well, you see, the thing is they'd want to send us as far away from planet Earth as possible. And they'll shoot us right off this planet. A hundred percent. Get these there guys. There will be no discussion. They'll be no. like, load them up. <laughs> but don't worry about it. Wherever we're going up in space, we will have access to email. So all you have to see what I did there. Uh, go on a great yeah, segue. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so what was I saying? Oh, yes, of course. You go to nickandroy.com and check out the Nick and Roy store, as we mentioned. But also, you can go to our website, nickandroy.com, and send us an email. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? My email comes to us from a fellow Canadian, Leslie from Oshawa, Ontario, which is just east of Toronto. I'm in Toronto, Roy's in Fort Myers, Florida. Leslie from Oshawa says, Dear Nick and Roy, we love listening to your show. You guys are hilarious. I often find myself laughing throughout the show, even when I don't get the jokes. I do. I just find you both of you to be really funny. It puts a smile on my face. So don't worry, uh, Leslie, we don't get the jokes either. So she writes, here's my question. Um, I was cleaning out the junk drawer the other day and I came across a book of matches that had me wondering where did the matchbook come from? So let's she should see. listen to all of our shows at nickandroy.com. That's right. Well, <laughs> a match- She'll find out what the patent number is. Probably. Well, um, (laughs) Leslie and everyone else listening, although paper matches were patented in the 1880s, an early paper match folder was patented in September of 1892, so about a dozen years later, by Philadelphia patent attorney Joshua Pusey. 
However, the matchbook as we know it was patented a few weeks later by Charles Bowman of Lebanon, Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania uh, is home to two people who patented... Pennsylvania is on fire. It is. (laughs) It's a hot state. Mine is from a a, um, local Floridian. Oh, there you go. Carissa, local Naples, Florida. Mm -hmm. Why does Nick always talk about crazy news from Florida? And I wrote back to her because Canadians are boring. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, thanks. Which, Which she found very funny. And yes, we do correspond back and forth with you folks. So... When you send an email, don't don't be shocked when we write one back. You know? We do, because we're not bots. And yes. like I've, I've mentioned before as a disclaimer, with all artificial intelligence out there and some podcasters, how dare they, but they're using artificial intelligence. This program is 100% artificial intelligence free. In fact, none of the <laughs> intelligence is real here on the We show. lack intelligence completely. That's right. 100%. So, so Carissa from Naples, she said she loves, loves, loves the show. And I like that because we get that a lot. They write it three times, and I need to figure out why people do that. Yeah, that, I'm telling you, every every week that I go into the mailbag, I notice that there's somebody that writes, I love, love, love the show. And, and she writes on about being a, a fellow uh, Floridian and so on and how beautiful Florida is. And she just really loves our show and tells everybody to listen to it. Well, so yeah. thank you, Carissa. So once again, go to nickandroy.com and click on Contact Us. On the show today, we talked about sex for what's well, been a while again. Uh, we talked about fashion. We talked about games. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. Burglars may have gotten more than they bargained for when they targeted a Milwaukee home last week. It's not Florida. The two men snatched thousands of dollars worth of tools from the house near 74th Street. So if you know where that is in Milwaukee, that's what happened, where it happened. They apparently Mm -hmm. also unwittingly grabbed a security camera that was still transmitting from the kitchen table. No, don't. The security camera (laughs) captured the moment the two thieves, uh, when they stole the camera along with the tools, the real estate broker saw the whole thing. So I guess uh, the house was probably for sale. Somebody picked up the camera and said, what is this? And they bagged it. They didn't know. They just bagged it, not knowing it was still active. Because the house was vacant, after the burglars kicked the front door open, they spent some time inside. They realized what's what, but it's what happened later that led to those people's arrest. They took $8,000 in tools. They took the camera, which was hidden, which, again, they did not know that can operate pretty much anywhere. So it's operating on their, the, the, the crook's dinner table as they spoke. We can see everything. Right, uh, we can them carving a turkey with a circular saw. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> so, a week after the burglary, there was the camera was still in the home of the burglar. They were seeing people doing drugs. They were seeing people talk about. Wait how, a second, Nick. So, I guess you could say they got screwed. <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> They were there. They were looking at the, the footage. They they had people talking about how they stole the stuff, where the money went. So they basically was like, without realizing it, they were confessing. Yeah, to that's everything. what happens. Everything's fine until somebody throws a wrench in. It. 
or a camera because the, <laughs> she can only assume that, that they didn't realize that the camera was still transmitting. So the battery... You know, if you listen to this show, folks, you learn a lot. You can learn a lot about crime as well. Do not steal people's phones. They can be tracked. Do not take their cars. They can be tracked as well. That's right. And definitely, definitely do not take a live camera around with you. <laughs> well, a few weeks ago, I'm from news from around the world, because the, the uh, I think I called it the cracker had a tracker. So the guy who was yeah. selling crack had a, an ankle bracelet, and he made a run for it. The idiot! He they they found him. He had a tracker, had an ankle bracelet on him. Oh no! This is this is not normal people. Now they could have got away with the big tool heist. They did, but yeah. then but unfortunately, the battery operated camera that they stole uses a cellular network, and it was still transmitting nearly eight days after it was stolen. But that's great. That's so great. Sitting at the table, going, "That was a good bunch of tools we stole." Right, we they actually, actually, was sitting there, and, and and the guilt is just coming right out on the camera. Oh my Not god! Not only that, but see, most of the time, and I, I heard this. Uh, I work at News Talk 1010 in Toronto, one of the stations on the iHeartRadio network that the, our show is on. One of our crime specialists said that usually after, so recently, this is not news from around the world, but recently, at the time of this recording, there was a uh, multi-million dollar gold heist at our airport. And we promise we'll give it back. <laughs> no. So it was, yeah, that's right. It was probably inside job. And he said, the crime specialist said, chances are they're going to find the people who did this because usually what happens is someone brags about it. You have no idea what we just did. Did you know we just stole millions of dollars of gold from the Pearson Airport in Toronto? They brag. And so these guys probably, well, they on tape, on, on the recorded. Sometimes they subliminally brag and they don't know it. Like they're driving down the road and on the radio is playing Goldfinger. <laughs> All that glitters is not gold. Hey, here's what's glittering. Uh, we're out of here. That made no sense. But anyway, we're out of here. This is all the time that we have. <laughs> well, you do that from time to time. That's true. <laughs> Probably every week. And we thank you for listening to us week after week as we scour the internet and other sources. Our staff is busy at work getting more totally useless information just for you. 69 countries around the world, and that's because of you. That's because you tell all of your friends to listen to this show, and we hope you do. And we thank you for it again. Go to nickandroy.com. Look up the Nick and Roy store. You'll find some really cool stuff there, and especially the birthday messages. They are great. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks very much for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.